welcome back to the Pleasing God podcast, a weekly show focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and to live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soule. Today, I want to talk about what does it mean to please God? What does that look like in my life? How do I know if I'm living a life that is pleasing to God? Is it just this idea? Is it a feeling that I have how I'm living that must mean I'm pleasing God? Is it if I'm not doing well or I feel guilty that I'm not pleasing God? How do I know what a life that is pleasing to God looks like? Well, the first answer certainly would be to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus at his baptism He's baptized, the heavens open up, and we would read in the scriptures that the voice from heaven, the Father in heaven said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So foundationally, if we want to see what a life that is pleasing to God looks like, we must look at the Lord Jesus Christ and his life in the Gospels how he lived a life of perfect obedience to the Father, how he lived a life in submission to the will of the Father, how he lived a life of perfect love and loving the Lord, his God, with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and how he loved his neighbor as himself. He fulfilled the two greatest commandments. And we see that most importantly on the cross, where the submission to the Father was demonstrated in him laying down his life and his love for neighbor was shown in giving his life as a ransom for many so that all who would believe on him would receive the forgiveness of sins and a place with him in heaven, eternal life, knowing God. And so foundationally, a life that is pleasing to God is the life of Jesus Christ. Well, we as Christians aren't Jesus. I mean, we are to emulate Christ, and that's how we would seek to live our lives pleasing unto God as though we walk in the manner in which Jesus walked. I think of Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which is really the theme verse for this entire show, this entire podcast. And I just want to remind you of it again. In chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk, and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. As we think about this passage of Scripture, and we ask the question, how can I live a life pleasing to God? Practically speaking, I think there are four principles that we can take from this passage of Scripture and think through them biblically to engage with them practically so that we can live faithfully for the glory of God. We would notice first that Paul says that we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus. His appeal here is from one Christian to another. So we must understand first and foremost, pleasing God begins with being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by grace through faith that we are saved We would be reminded in Hebrews chapter 11 that the writer says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, talking of God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So 
foundationally at the at the very beginning of pleasing God in, in the life of the Christian, we, we must we must be Christians. You cannot please God if you are not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. We must be Christians. We must exercise saving faith, personal faith, trusting faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Through the exercise of faith, the life of pleasing God begins. So we must categorically draw the line. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, there is nothing you can do in this life that is pleasing to God. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are in storing up wrath for ourselves for the day of judgment, and that we need someone that can both exhaust and satisfy that wrath due our sins. And that is what Jesus did on the cross for us, raised for our justification, and that by faith in Christ, by grace through faith, we are righteous before God. And we begin this journey of pleasing God. It is a climb. It is the Christian life, the walk, as Paul would even say. And so first and foremost, we must be Christians to please God. Second principle that we can recognize is that we must be teachable. As he tells the Thessalonians, that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, These Thessalonian believers, these Christians, recognized that after coming to saving faith in Jesus Christ, they needed to be instructed with what happens now. What difference does this faith make in my life? How then am I to live now as a new creation, that the old has passed away and the new has come? What does this new creation look like? Well, first and foremost, it is to be teachable. It is to receive instruction. Paul says how you ought to walk, how you are to conduct the manner of your life as you are going through life. So your walk is your conduct. Your walk is your testimony. Your walk is your life. And so Paul's saying that you receive, that you heard from us how you are to conduct yourselves in a manner that is consistent and proper with being a professed believer in Jesus Christ. They received this teaching. So, we must be a Christian. We must be teachable Christians. I think about when we stop learning, we stop growing. When we stop growing, we start dying. So, we must always remain teachable to live a life that is pleasing to God. It doesn't matter if you are five years old or 95 years old. We all are learning and growing. Nobody arrives in this life at the point in which they don't need to be taught anymore. And I can think about some of the most godly examples in my life. Those dear saints that walked with Christ for decades upon decades. One thing that I noticed about them, they'd be into their 70s and 80s. The closer they got to Christ, the more holy they became, the more teachable they were. Because being teachable is being humble. When we stop being teachable, we start allowing pride to rule that we have arrived at some point. And so, we must be teachable in order to live a life that is pleasing to God. A third principle, we must act. Paul would tell them, just as you are doing. So, 
these Thessalonian believers, they were Christians, they are teachable, but they acted upon the instruction that they received. Oh, this is so important. This is so, so important. For those of us that are in gospel preaching churches, biblically faithful churches, we sit under the ministry of God's word week after week after week. Yet sometimes I feel like we can find a disconnect between the things that we hear, the teaching we receive, and the action that we are doing. And Paul encourages, urges, exhorts these believers to take the things that they have received, the message that they have heard, and put it into practice in their lives, that they would do so, that they would act more and more upon what they have received. This is so important. James tells us that we are not to be hearers of the word only, but doers, lest we are deceiving ourselves. Well, practically, what does this action look like? We can know from just looking internally to the first letter to the Thessalonians that they acted upon the things that they heard. Paul would tell them that he is constantly mentioning them in his prayers because he's remembering before our God and Father, their work of faith, their labor of love, their steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, and how they received the word, not just as a word to them, but also in the power of the Holy Spirit with full conviction that the word was at work by the power of the Spirit, and it produced in them a change, and that they became imitators of Paul and his companions and of the Lord, for they received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And not only did they become imitators, here's the chain of discipleship, not only did they become imitators of Paul and Silas and Timothy and ultimately of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they themselves became examples to be followed after. They became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So they were taking the things that they had heard. They were applying it to their lives. They were demonstrating selfless love, their labor of love. They were demonstrating a steadfastness in the midst of difficulties, a hope that was not wavering, and they were laboring for the sake of the kingdom. They were acting upon the things that they heard. A fourth principle that we can see from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 concerning pleasing God is that you must grow. Paul tells them, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. We do not graduate from the gospel. As believers, we do not get to the point where we have heard the gospel enough and like, yeah, that's, that's Sunday school lesson stuff. Like we've, we've got that now. Let's go on to the, the, the bigger and to the greater things. We recognize there is nothing bigger. There is nothing greater than the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't graduate from the gospel. And just as we do not do this, graduate from the gospel, neither do we arrive at the point where we can say that I please God enough. It's not that God is an unappeasable God. No, God is pleased even in our imperfect obedience. But we don't arrive at a point where we can kind of sit back and you know, sit down on the beach and retire from pleasing God. No, this is a lifelong pursuit. And Paul tells them that just as you are doing this, you are pleasing God. You are to strive to please him more and more. It is like climbing the runs on a ladder. 
we are to keep putting one foot in front of the other, or we're climbing a stairway, and as we continue taking one step to the next step to the next step, we are growing and going higher in our holiness. We are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. And so this idea of growing, it is this constant pursuit. And this is done through Bible intake, through prayer, through the disciplines of the Christian life, through meditation, through solitude, through through many other means, through being in community in your local church, through sitting under the ministry of God's word, through teaching God's word. And so all these various outlets for which we can continue to grow in a manner that is pleasing to God. But ultimately, it is our desire, as Peter would say, that we would continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we grow in both, in our grace and our knowledge of him. So why then do these principles matter? Because as Christians, we who are teachable on acting upon the things that we have received and are increasing in living out God's will for our lives, this is our purpose. Verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. I'm sure we'll do an episode on pleasing God and getting at what is God's will for my life, but his revealed will, his general will, we can see here in verse 3. It's the same will for all of his people that you would be more like his son, that we would strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. This sanctification, this theological term, your your growth in holiness, we recognize that we are sanctified in Christ. We are being sanctified as we are growing in Christ's likeness. And one day in final glorification, we will ultimately be sanctified. And so, We are to pursue this end, for this is the will of God, that which is pleasing to God. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that we would be conformed to the image of his Son. So as we started this show, we asked the question, what does it look like to live a life pleasing to God? It is Jesus. What is God's will for our life? That we would be conformed to the image of his Son. So we are pleasing God as we are growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. So as we go through our day, let us be mindful of the presence of God. There's an old Latin term called quorum Deo, in the presence of God or before the presence of God, where we live our lives mindful of the omnipresence of God. God is with us. We are living before the presence of God, seeking to please God for the glory of God. And in doing so, we are to live lives pleasing to God. May God be glorified in all that we do as we seek to live for him. I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Pleasing God podcast, and we look forward to being with you next week as we explore more topics and ideas concerning pleasing God and how that looks like in my life as a Christian.